Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. I, I was trying to get out of it. Well, man, I just dug my hole deeper in that one, didn't I? Well, anyways. <laughs> anyways, praise the Lord. Hey, you might see this young guy back here in the back. He's a, a dear friend of mine from back, man, 25 years ago or so. We worked together a long time ago. And uh, again, I don't even know. I don't think you were you saved back then. I don't think you were, were you? But uh, we kind of ran each, ran into each other, got caught up. And uh, man, God's just uh, blessed him and. He got saved, found Jesus, and he's been all over the world preaching the gospel, working in ministry. And so, man, it's just so good to have him with us tonight. And uh, and we got a lot of work still to do, don't we? We weren't so gray and so whatever back then. But uh, you know what? We're still young at heart. Amen. Hey, I got a couple things that I want to give to you here. Um, I may not have enough. And so maybe for the sake of just uh, spreading out, I'll maybe if you can share... This is going to tie in tonight with some things that we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, obviously, I, you know, I don't necessarily give out handouts on on our session, but for the sake of, did you run out? You got them? We ran out. I got. You got one here. You got an extra one. You pass it back. All right. Hey, you. Good to see you. She looks familiar, don't she? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> now, the reason that I had this printed out or made some copies for you is because this is a, an example of the tabernacle in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, by which God instructed Moses to build the tabernacle. And the tabernacle was the place by which the presence of God would dwell. Now, if you know anything about the tabernacle, the tabernacle was given with great specific details as to how it was to be fashioned and how it was to be made. And obviously it represents the, 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 the temple of God. And how many of you know that the Bible says that we are the temple of God now in these days, right? But the thing about it is, is that in the temple back then, and this is just a little side note, but again, God gave very specific details as to how he wanted it to be fashioned and how he wanted it to be made. And God didn't didn't uh, spare any expense when it came to building the tabernacle. He did it with great excellence and preciseness. And so when it comes to us being the body of Christ, once again, we think God is just so haphazard and just so, well, whatever, case hurrah. But God is very specific about the purpose of your life. He's got very specific details as to what he's designed for you and again everything about your life that he's designed he's designed it to the utmost detail with great excellence and he spared no expense and so i'm telling you what god is very interested in you and all the little details of your life and again wants to give attention to it amen but now that being said i just want to bring to your attention here concerning the the tabernacle and if you'll notice right there towards the top it says the tabernacle, and it gives you a couple 
square outlines there. And again, that outer square is the, the walls of the tabernacle. But if you'll notice here, it says, first of all, there was the outer court. And then there's actually the inner court where the labor was. And then there's the holy place. And then there is the holy of holies. And so one of the things that uh, I wanted to, to show or bear out in this particular illustration is that this is synonymous with really our relationship with God. And we're going to begin to talk about prayer tonight and get back into that vein in which we were talking about before. But once again, this is very uh, symbolic of how God wants us to approach him. And so when you begin to look at this, in the outer court was the brazen altar. And the brazen altar was the place by which you would make sacrifice. Now, for there to be atonement, there has to be shedding of blood and the giving of life, right? And Jesus was that sacrifice. But as you came into the tabernacle, the very first thing that you did is you made sacrifice... And therefore, that was the, the sacrifice for the sins of the natural man. Right? And once you made sacrifice, you took the next step or moved forward into the tabernacle. And when you got to the next place, the next place was the laver or where you would begin to cleanse yourself or wash yourself or wash your natural man. And upon making sacrifice that gave you access to go to the next level or the next phase, then you cleansed yourself, which gave you or granted you permission to go to the next place. Right? And everything about the tabernacle was leading man to a place to be able to be in the presence of God. But the very first thing that he dealt with was the natural carnal man. First of all, the sinful nature. Secondly, the carnal side of man. Does that make sense? So in order for us to to be able to truly abide in the presence of God, we've got to learn how to deal with this carnal, natural man. In fact, I I saw just this, uh, it was yesterday, I was watching, uh, you know how they got the old live feeds on YouTube now, or not YouTube, but Facebook nowadays. And and I saw a live feed from a minister that I I knew of uh, years back, and his name is Benny Hinn. Anybody know who Benny Hinn is? Now, whether you like them or or, or don't, again, that's irrelevant. But one of the things concerning uh, uh, what he was sharing yesterday, he said, uh, well, if you know anything about him, he's he's been tremendously used by God in the last couple of years. He's had some challenges of life and uh, challenges in his marriage, challenges in his physical health. And he said this, that last year he almost died and had a heart attack. He was in the hospital for some time. And, and he correlated that with some things that he was sharing. But then he said, last week he had a dream. And he said, in the dream, he was in heaven. And he was seeing the throne. And all these people lined up before the throne of God. And he was spectating it for a moment. And he said, as he was watching the people that would approach the throne, he said, either God would shake his head yes, or he would shake his head no. And depending on how he nodded his head was a determining factor of where the people went. If he shook his head yes, then the people were escorted off this way. If he shook his head no, he said he said it appeared to be what he figured was probably two angels. But they escorted the person off this way. And then he found himself standing in line, making his way to the throne himself. And then he said he stood before God. And God didn't shake his head yes and didn't shake his head no. 
But he said, God said it to him. He says, don't blow it. And he said, it really shook him. But he said, instantly he knew what God was saying. He says, you've been given a second chance. You've let these things in your life mess with you. Mess with your ministry. You've been given a second chance. Now don't blow it. And he said, God had really has been uh, arresting his heart to say, you need to get back to your first love. In fact, if you remember over in Revelations, when Jesus was speaking about the churches, he spoke concerning the church of Ephesus. And he said to them, he says, you have left your first love. And he said, and this is what God's really stirring us as the body of Christ. Return back to your first love. Stop playing around over here in the natural affairs of life. Return back to your first love. And then he made this connection and I thought, wow, that was so profound. Because if you remember, the scripture says, Jesus said, there will be those in that day that said, did we not do miracles in your name? Did we not cast out devils? And Jesus said, I'll say to them, depart from me. I never knew you. And he said, so there are things that we can do for the sake of God. For that matter, as a pastor, I stand in the office of a pastor. And there is an anointing as a pastor to preach the gospel. And there's all kinds of people that can be saved and set free as a result of the office that I stand in. But I can stand before God and say, God, didn't I do all these things? And God says, well, that's great. But I desired to know you. That was just the office that you stood in. That's what I called you to do. So do you see how we can be busy about ministry and doing things that seem godly, but have a heart that has walked away from God or has just gotten lukewarm, if you will? Are you tracking with me? What's God saying? God's saying, I want you to get back to your first love where you're pursuing me, where you're loving me. And so therefore, God's desiring for us to get back to a place where we're dwelling in his presence. Of knowing Him. Of having fellowship with Him. And so as we look at the tabernacle here, we see once again that concerning the tabernacle, there's the outer court that is just simply dealing with the natural man. But everything is progressively leading us to the next phase, which is the holy place. In the holy place is where we begin to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Where He begins to give us wisdom, begins to give us direction, begins to give us help. And here's the thing. So many of us are desiring the help of the Holy Spirit. God, I need answers. God, I need your help. But we're living in the outer court when God says, why don't you come into this place? But you need need to deal with this out here in order to get into this place. And many of us are trying to get to that place, but we've never stepped into this place to deal with. Right? Now, it's real easy when we come to church in a corporate setting. And because in a corporate setting, we step into that place and like, oh, the presence of God is here. And because we do it corporately, oh, it's easy to get there. But then when you're on your own, you don't have the whole congregation to help get you into that place. And God's saying, I want you to deal with those areas in your life that will cause you to step closer into my presence. Amen? Where I can speak to you. Where I can give you direction that will help your life. And then as we're in that place, he says, why don't you take another step closer? Why don't you come into the holies of holies, into the very presence of God? 
And in that place is where we begin to give to God. Our worship. We give God our hearts, our life, everything about us. But it's in that place that we actually begin to become effective in ministry and in life. Because in the holy place out here, that's when God is beginning to give to us. But when we step over into the holy of holies, that's when we begin to give to God. Are you tracking with me? And so what are we purposing to do? We're purposing to move uh, from the outer court into the inner court. We're purposing to move into the holy place and receive from God. And then we're purposing to come into the very presence of God to offer and give to Him. So with that being said, I want to bring to your attention a couple different verses that will help when it comes to prayer. Because once again, in your time of prayer... That example of the tabernacle is really the movement that we make when it comes to prayer, right? Now, let me just ask before I move further. Do you know, have you experienced it before when you're praying and it seems like it is so hard to pray? And you're thinking, God, I don't sense your presence. It seems like it's hard. It seems like I'm so distracted, right? And then there's those other times where it seems, man, it's so easy to step into his presence. And man, God, it's just one-on-one. It's just, it's very real right now. Amen? What's the difference? Learning how to get into that place, right? But notice what it says here in Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. If you want to turn there, you can. But concerning our times of prayer... God's not only wanting us to have fellowship and communion with Him, He's wanting us to be productive. He's wanting us to get things accomplished. And so in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, in the New King James, it says this, And they overcame Him, the enemy, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. So remember concerning the tabernacle, The very first thing that they came in contact with was what? The labor by which they made sacrifice. Right? There had to be shedding of blood to move to the next place. Well, in the context of the New Testament, Jesus shed his blood once and for all. And so therefore, we overcome by the blood of of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Now, once again, the blood of the Lamb gave us access into the presence of God. But then it also says, you've got a testimony or there's things that you've got to say. Now, right along with that, in Isaiah chapter 43, you can write this down if you would like. It says this in Isaiah chapter 43, starting in verse 25. It says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own, for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Now why? Because of the sacrifice, the blood. He says, I won't remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. Or one translation says, plead your case together with me. So what it does is it gives an indication that you're coming and there is a legal exchange. Plead your case. Well, remember we said you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your, help me out, testimony. 
So what are you pleading? You're pleading your testimony. When you come into the presence of God, you're pleading to God, hey, this is my testimony. Whatever that testimony might be. You might be coming into the presence of God, and the testimony is this. God, I have a need, and you said that you would supply all of my needs. So God, I'm just pleading my case before you. You said you would supply it, so therefore, I'm pleading it. Here it is. But I got into the presence of God. Maybe it's concerning your children, your loved ones. We stand by and say, well, God, why don't you do something about that? And God says, why don't you come in and plead your case? Why don't you come and get in my face? Why don't we just talk about it a little bit? Why don't you come to me and talk to me about it? Because there is something that I have for you, and there's something that you have for me. And it's the words that you bring into my presence. Amen? Remember we said, in the holy place is where God begins to give you wisdom and direction. Gives you insight by the help of the Holy Spirit. But when you come into the presence of God, that's when you bring Him something. Amen. What are you bringing Him? Is it the souls of somebody that you know? Is it the need that you have? Are you bringing your church to His presence? Come on, how many of you know that God wants to do something in your church? He wants this church so filled. He wants this church so huge within the greater Flint area. He wants this church touching so many lives. But He needs us to approach Him and make requests and speak to Him on the behalf of all those people that He wants to do something in their lives. Can you say amen? All right, that being said, turn in your Bibles to Mark 11. Mark 11, verse 23. Now, you might be familiar with this scripture, but notice what it says here. Mark 11, verse 23. He says, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So God's waiting for you to say something. Come on, what's the obstacle? What is it that's standing in your way? What is the mountain in your life? God says, don't just sit there and look at it. Don't just sit there and talk about it. He says, why don't you say something about it? Amen. He says, when you come into my presence, he says, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So when you come into the presence of God, do we come groveling and complaining and boo-hooing and saying, oh, have mercy on me, God? Or do we, are we able to come into the presence of God with confidence and boldness and say something with confidence and boldness? Yeah, he says, Do you believe what you say? Come on. Do you believe what you say when you come and talk to me? Amen. You know, when it it came to our children, I've shared this with you before, but there was things or complications, if you will, in, in different areas that just had a way of troubling you or moving your confidence. But we had inside information as to what the Lord had said to us concerning our children. And so in spite of all the natural things or the mountains that were talking to us, we're like, God, we've got something to say about this matter. Our kids will be healthy and whole. Our kids will be full term or they'll come as though they were full term. They'll be healthy in Jesus name. 
I told you about my son, uh, the, the youngest of the three. They came into our room late in the day and they said, uh, we just want to make you aware of some things. We did some testing on the ears and uh, his one ear is not hearing. And so we'll run some tests in the morning, but we just wanted to give you a heads up. Everything that we had been through up to that point, in fact, if you remember, he was how many weeks? 33 weeks, so he was very early. They were very concerned. They called in the specialist from Hurley. And so we had went through a, a, kind of just a, a tense, traumatic time. And, and finally, when he came out, the, the, the specialist from Hurley, uh, when she looked him over, she gave me the thumbs up. Remember me telling you that story? What she was saying is everything's cool. Even though he was so early, he wasn't premature. They were astonished at how developed he was. Well, we had already went through that and God had proved faithful. And man, I'm telling you, I was soaring just because of God, you are so good. And so when they came in the room and they says, nothing showing up on the one ear is not, not hearing. It didn't faze me because I already saw God do something significant. And so what did I do? I presented the, the need before God. I can still remember I was sitting there in the chair and I had my little boy on my legs. He's all bundled up and I laid my hands on his ears and I said, the word of God says that by his stripes you are healed. So I command that ear to open in Jesus name. You, you are the healed of the Lord. You will hear in Jesus name. Amen. Didn't worry about it, didn't be concerned about it, didn't even really give thought about it after that. But I made my request known, I spoke to the mountain, I believed what I said, and the next morning they came in and says, well, we ran some tests again, we don't know what the deal was, but he's here and fine now. I'm like, I know what happened. We spoke to it. We got into the presence of God. We were confident in our testimony that God is faithful. We presented our need before God, and God proved faithful to His Word. Amen. And so again... He says this, he says, do not doubt in your heart, but believe those things that you say will be done and you will have whatever you say. Therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. God says you can have what you say. And obviously it goes in context with lining up with the word of God, right? You're not going to be silly and say, God, I want a third ear in the middle of my forehead. I mean, it is a silliness. You know what I'm saying. So it has to line up with the Word of God. Now, that being said, <laughs> make hearing a whole lot easier, wouldn't it? <laughs> I turn over to First, first John. <laughs> first John chapter 5. This goes right along with what we were talking about in the context of when we get into the place of prayer, believing that God is faithful. Well, how is it that we can go in there with confidence and saying some things? Because the Bible says this in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything, now asking we just saw was connected to prayer. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, then we have whatever we ask or we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of Him. So what that tells me is that I can know the will of God. Amen. I can know the will of God and I can have faith that when I approach God, I have what I ask. Hebrews eleven six says, For without faith it's impossible to please God, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder. 
What that means is that we not only have the faith in God's ability, but we believe that He is a rewarder upon approach. If I know what His will is, then I know that when I approach my Father, get into His presence, praise God. God, you said, I'm pleading my case. This is my testimony. This is your word. I've spoken to the mountain. I've made my request. Now, I believe that I receive when I pray. Amen. Because I've got something to say when I get into the presence of God. Now, here's the thing. Your words are so significant in your prayer. When you're communicating with God. Jesus said this. He says we're justified by our words. The word of God says that you're condemned by your words. You're judged by your words. You're snared by your words. Your words are significant. And really your words are an extension of your spiritual authority that you have through Christ. So that being said. Turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19. You doing okay tonight? Now, why are we sharing along these lines? Because the tide is turning in our favor. God's moving. And think about that for just a moment. The word of the Lord came to us and said, the tide is turning for your favor. So you know what that means by default? There were things that were working against you. But things are turning. Things are moving in the right way now. Amen. That, that excites me. In fact, it was only my wife. I mean, she's so wise. Just, I mean, she gets revelation from, the, from God, man. She was talking about that today with me. And I'm like, wow, that is good. That means things were going against us. Things were working against us, but God says it's turned. Amen. All right, so Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19, it says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus... What is it? It's the presence of God. The holiest is the presence of God. Notice what it says. You can have boldness to come to this place because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. So, again, going back to the example of the tabernacle, the sacrifice was made. Jesus paid the price. Sin has been dealt with. But now it's up to us to purpose to purge ourselves, step aside from carnality and carnal living and get things right in our own life, right? You tracking with me? Then we step more into the presence of God or the holy place, getting direction and insight from Him. And then God says, come on into this place where I want to have fellowship with you. And the Bible says that this place, I can have boldness to come here. Come on, remember the, the, the Old Testament? The Bible says that the priest, if they didn't get it all done right... They would step closer. I mean, I can only imagine. Come on, you you might think that they were more spiritual than that. But they put bells on the bottom of their, their garments. Just to give indication whether or not they were dead or not. And there was a rope tied to their foot. Come on. They're like, making a sacrifice. Whoa. Hope I did that right. 
Gets up to the laver, he's washing. Ooh, man, I dropped the soap. Oh, man, I'm shaking so bad. And so he gets washed. Then he moves on into the holy place. And then there's the veil that separates the holy place to the holy of holies. I mean, can you imagine the tension as he starts to part the curtain and step into that place? I hope I did everything right. I hope I'm alive beyond this next step. But God says, Jesus made the sacrifice so you can have boldness to come into my presence at will, at desire. Come on. You don't have to get all formal on the side of your bed or come into church. It can be in your car. It can be in the shower. You can have no so experience with God with wherever you're at. Because God says you can access me with confidence and boldness anytime you want to. Amen. He says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, a new and living way. Come on. Remember the old way of the priest? You might live, you might die. But this one was a new living way which was consecrated for us through the veil that was his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart. In full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Sprinkled or cleansed. Dealt with it. And our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast. To the confession of our hope. Without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. When you come into the presence of God. What are you taking Obviously, we take our worship. We take our heart of desire to have intimacy with Him. But God's also wanting you to bring some other things in there. He's wanting you to bring your confession of hope. Your testimony. When it comes to your need, what do you have need of? Do you have need of God to begin to repair a marriage? To repair finances? To answer prayer concerning loved ones? Physical health within your body? Sanity of mind? If the Word of God... Remember it says, We can come in without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. So I'm approaching him based upon the testimony that he already gave me. See, I'm not trying to work up a testimony to approach God. God gave me my testimony that I can come with confidence. God, you said whatever I need, I can know your will. And therefore, I can come in knowing your will. Shoulders back, head held high, confidently. God, I worship you. Yeah, I know you want me to make my testimony known right now. Thank you, Father, that you're healing my body. Thank you, Father, that you're moving in the area of my marriage. God, I thank you you're restoring my children. God, I thank you that you're meeting the need of my financial position right now. Oh, what if we took it beyond just ourselves? Oh, God, I'm lifting up my church to you. God, I thank you that you're moving 
God, our voice is expanding. Our influence is increasing. People are becoming saved, set free. This city is changing because we're here. Oh, the economy of this county is changing because you've called us to be here. God, expand our voice. Our, uh, make it be heard. Make the influence of who we are known in this community. God, help us to make you great in this region. Come on. What do you think God would start doing? Amen. But what do we end up doing? Oh, God, you know what the news says? The news says the water's bad here. God, GM's leaving. God. God says, Gomer Pile's already up here. (laughs) Golly. (laughs) No, we come with confidence. Amen. God wants us to approach him as though we have access and rights before him. Come on, you're not a pauper. You're not a beggar. You're not a stepchild. You're God's very own. And he says, you've got place here. Come confidently. Let's talk. Let's have fellowship. Let's get some work done in this place. All I need you to do is ask. Represent. Make your voice heard in this place. Amen. Amen. So as I said, we're going to purpose to do some of those things on Wednesday night. Taking one Wednesday of the month and just praying. As a church. If a church doesn't pray together, it will die. I'm telling you, we've lacked in some of those areas of praying as a church. There's been pockets of it here and there. But we need to get back to a place of a church praying together. And making some demands, not of God, but of the enemy. Because we've overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And we're going to start telling him what's going to be. Amen? Come on, let's stand. Did you get anything out of that tonight? couple of you did. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray tonight for everyone that's here. And God, right now in this time and in this place, we do come boldly and we stand before you now with confidence in your presence. For God, getting in your presence is not a hard thing. It's just simply a conscious decision to take a step into your presence. And so God, right now we do that. And so God, I thank you That because I make requests before you and I speak on your behalf. God, I thank you that, Lord, you are stirring a hunger in the heart of every person that calls GVC home. Every person that's here under the sound of my voice. God, in the name of Jesus, you are cultivating a holy hunger for you. That we desire and crave your presence more than life itself. That, God, we are no longer distracted by the things of this life being pulled by our flesh here and there. But, God, we are purposing to have such a hunger and passionate pursuit after you. Oh, yeah. And don't think for a minute he's not heard your heart. He's not heard your request. But there's always protocol. He says, seek me first and all these things shall be added. There's times that you've gotten patient. There's times that you've gotten ahead. But God just simply wants you to rest. 
Because it's in that place, as he said, if you delight yourself in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. So no, I know your heart better than you know your heart. I know your desires better than you know your desires. And it's on the way. But purpose to prioritize life and pursue me. Delight yourself in me. And I will give you the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for it, Lord. I receive that personally. I receive that, Lord, in Jesus' name. So, God, we thank you that you're using us to be change agents in this greater Flint area. And our lives are going to be forever changed in Jesus' name. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life